8.02 on a Tuesday. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of the program, which we are right at the start of. It's brought to you by Campbell and Pound, real estate appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. You can do so by visit, visit, visiting them on the internet. Dang it. Campbell-Pound.com today. Uh, if you're watching the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet now, we do stream the show. Uh, the We'll Be Right Back screen is still. There we go. We're back. I wonder how many people are actively watching the stream. I know my nephew watches it every morning. I'm sure your mom watches it. She doesn't like the stream. She doesn't like the stream? No. no. She's more of a she's more. Of Why don't you shave? Yeah. What's wrong with you? You look homeless. Um, I... <laughs> I... Uh, you were late last night. I showed her how to subscribe to the podcast. Finally, oh okay. So she, she doesn't. She have was to going real old school every day. Well, she was also like listening to it uh, off some sort of weird third party player. I'm like, that's the most obsolete thing you could do. Mm-hmm. Just subscribe. That's to the how podcast. you get hacked. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, if you want to download the podcast or subscribe, Apple, Google, Spotify, check us out. And I'd love to know if you're enjoying the visual representation of the Halbro experience. Do you stream through Sportsnet now? Mm-hmm. Do you watch us on any other? Maybe there's another even cooler medium that I don't even know about. No dogs on the stream. We're on yet. ICQ. Yeah. Like, is that is that a thing? Yep. Is When's it? the producer no. cam coming in? We we need a producer cam. Oh, my for God. For sure. No. <laughs> yeah. No. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, which does not have producers in it. Kintech yet. Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Uh, joining us now, as he does every Tuesday on this program, happy to have him back on the show. Uh, it is Thomas Drance from the Athletic Vancouver and Canucks Talk right here on Sportsnet 650. What up, Drancer? Hey, boys. How are you? Yeah, we're good. Uh, spent a lot of time talking about the Bo Horvat situation. That conversation will continue right now. Uh, first, <laughs> first off, good, yeah, good job with you and Dolly Wall fleshing this one out yesterday. I imagine it was a pretty busy day. Uh, what you know when you had a chance to kind of sit back and look at the reporting and what you guys had done both online and then you had the show and you were talking about it as well. What was the big takeaway? Or was there even a big takeaway from a day of Bo Horvat discourse? Uh, you know, I don't know. I like I don't think there was a huge sort of takeaway beyond. I mean, this has been trending in the negative direction for two weeks, right? Like it was not long after the offer we now know was rejected. Uh, was rejected that you know there was a, a real sense of pessimism uh, uh, immediately around these contract talks and that pessimism sort of you know I, I feel like we got wind of it like I feel like we've been talking about it now for two weeks uh, getting the sort of detail that the Canucks did make another offer I think you know on the one hand it speaks to a preference that I that I believe still remains on the team's side you know, to, to keep a really good player, but also, you know, from what we can gather, um, it's not as if they're making a rope hints quality offer to Bo Horvat, right? I, I don't know that the, I don't know that they've got to a point where, you know, they, they've moved aggressively to close the way they did to close Besser or to close Miller. Um, you know, with how those contracts have worked out, I don't know that anyone will necessarily say that's a bad thing. But uh, it's sort of we've we've sort of hit a point where uh, I think the main sort of the main crux of it, uh, I suppose, is just that it like I really do think that this is 
I really don't think that this is the sides negotiating through the media. I, I think that's really my big takeaway. Like this to me felt a little bit different than some of the other, you know, um, like elbows thrown in the midst of a negotiation things that I've covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this to me really did feel more like, you know, uh, um, like, uh, like not talks falling apart. I don't want to be that dramatic, but like we're sort of nearing the end of a conversation as opposed to in the middle of one. What makes you say that, Drancer? Because the trade deadline isn't till March 3rd. Just a sense and, and how I'm how I'm hearing it discussed, right? Like the way that I'm hearing it discussed that Horvat is available, um, you know, from a variety of, of yeah. contacts. Like this is this to me feels different even than the JT Miller thing, right? Like I believe that JT Miller was on the block meaningfully last year. You know, I don't, I don't think that was just hot hot air, right? But throughout that process the the way that the club insisted that they'd prefer to keep him right that they'd love to hammer out an extension like it it just felt different it felt different people thought miller was available but i wasn't hearing his name the same way um to me that was a materially different feel in reporting it in talking to principals than this um even the Besser thing, like, I don't know if you guys remember, but right before the Besser deal got done, like the day before, there was all this talk about taking him to arbitration. And, um, you know, there was like one day where, where elbows got thrown <laughs> sort of by both sides. And I remember going in uh, to do Canucks talk and saying like, hey, you know, like this is an interesting one because I, I feel like, um, you know, although the news doesn't, sound good today i actually feel like this is progress <laughs> this actually feels good interesting to me this this one again this is just my personal take having talked to some people having made some calls trying to sort of you know read between the lines figure it all out this one to me felt different this one to me felt like yeah like like the club and the and the player are both kind of resigned here um, you know, like I think Horvat's on the block and I don't think that's going to change if the Canucks can make a trade that can clear cap space. Like I, I just, it seems like, it seems different. It seems like there's, you know, uh, it seems like we're approaching a parting of the ways between the club and, you know, a, a nine year loyal player who's obviously the team captain has played 600 games. Uh, in his career in the NHL, all of them for this team. So I've got so many questions uh, to follow up on this. Um, what are the Canucks looking for in a trade? Yeah, it, young pieces, right? I don't think this is inconsistent with what they've been looking for all along, right? They, they want, ideally, um, some young players, you know, two or three. <laughs> to, draft picks? Do they want? Are, are they? Do they want a first well, round draft pick? Or? I mean, I'm sh- as a means, perhaps, to find another young player. Um, you know, like I, I just think the, you know, it's hard. Like, here's the thing, right? I think what they're going to trade if 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 Horvat goes, right? Assuming Horvat goes, assuming my read is right here. Okay. Um, yep. You know, it's hard to trade him as a pure rental, which is what I believe he would be. Like, I don't know that the club 
is going to handle this like the Matthew Kachuk situation, like the sign and trade situation, right? Like I think Horvat's going to be dealt if he's dealt as a rental. And in the event that he is, you know, it's hard to get young players like a cost controlled right-handed defenseman and a cost controlled center for a rental player is a really tough deal for a contending team to make in the cap era. Right. I mean, who values cheap labor more highly than the teams most likely to be going for it. Right. Like it's sort of a paradox, right. Um, it, it's a tough, tough ground to mow. Exactly. As it were. So, you know, I, there, I think there's a real chance that you probably have to accept draft picks as a form of currency and then, and then, you know, schlep them along for the sorts of players that you want, but the Canucks want young players. That's their priority. That's been their priority since Rutherford, Alvin, and company landed on Canada's West Coast. That's true here, right? Uh, ideally a right-handed defenseman, um, ideally a centerman, but, you know, young talent will do. And, you know, that's this isn't just a Horvat-specific thing, right? This is, you know, if, if teams are inquiring about other high-end Canucks players, you know, that they're they're going to want an offer that includes, you know, those sorts of young players, uh, as well. Now, the cost on Horvat, it's hard to like think of the last time a centerman of this caliber, you know, top five NHL goal scorer at the moment, um, 58% on draws, 28. Like it, these players very rarely hit free agency. They very rarely hit the rental market. I like, I honestly don't know if you can find a center of this caliber moving at the trade deadline. You know, I, I think you have to go back, you know, 15 plus years to be totally honest with you. So, but if you look at the last five or six years, you'll find sort of a, a slightly lower caliber, but like still good centermen, you know, like good middle six guys. Um, Kevin Hayes, right? Paul Stasny, uh, Martin Hansel, your mileage may vary, right? Like this is sort of the, the caliber of center that we're used to seeing traded. Matt Duchesne, if you want to call him a center, although he was sort of a wing by that stage of his career. And mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the Colorado to Ottawa deal. I'm talking about Ottawa to Columbus. Um, you know, JP Pajot would be another all all guys all of these guys end up going for a first round pick plus plus right like a first round pick an additional pick and another asset tends to be market price for that caliber of player now if you think that Horvat is the best of that group right then you sort of go to a slightly higher end return what does that look like though if you are requiring young players. I don't know. Right. Cause most of these picks really do set, or most of these trades really do center on like first third, you know, prospect or first conditional pick prospect. Right. So it's rare that a team, frankly, prioritizes young players in a return like this. We, we, we haven't seen a deal like that uh, in a while. So if the Canucks do trade Horvat for young pieces, um, I guess it depends how far along those young pieces are, but where does it leave them? Well, if you move Bo Horvat as opposed to keeping him, the major sort of thing is that it blows a hole in your center depth, obviously, and creates a fair bit of cap space, right? There's a cap space opportunity created for a club in, in making a deal like this as opposed to signing a player like that. Right. And so, you know, they'll have a fair bit more flexibility. I mean, the cap dynamics they're looking at this off season, like when you think about it as Horvat 
plus Kuzmenko plus Bear and Hoaglander, and you have $16 million in cap space and only Tyler Myers signed among your right-side defensemen, that seems crunchy to me, right? That's like, that's hard. Yeah. Now, you know, it could be 14 to $18 million, right? Depending on how much the cap goes up, depending on how Tucker Pullman's situation plays out, right? I didn't even include him among the right-handed defensemen just because there's so much uncertainty there now. But um, nonetheless, no matter how you slice it, like slice it in the most optimistic way you want, $18 million for Horvat, Kuzmenko, Hoaglander, Bear, and rebuild your right side is tough. That's a really hard set of considerations. If, it, if you subtract Horvat from that equation, even though you do need to flush out your center depth significantly, like you're not better without Bo Horvat. I don't think any that's – not, that's not a hot take, right? Um, you know, if you subtract Horvat from that equation, though – uh, it, it, you know, it certainly is less crunchy from a cap perspective. So those are sort of the two main impacts, right? The team gets worse, but the team gets flexibility. And, you know, I mean, I'm reluctant to say it because I'm such a big fan of the player and the person, but, you know, considering what this core group has accomplished, right, uh, to sort of get out of stenographer mode and, and get into analyst mode here, Right considering what this club, what this core group has accomplished together, you know, like if Horvat rejects this offer and ultimately gets dealt, is that one last bit of quality service to the organization, frankly, right? Like that's sort of my one thing that I'm kind of thinking, like, I don't understand why this club would want this many players who together, like I've, you know, I've seen their work together. I'm not a, not a huge fan. Uh, why, why would you keep them at top dollar? Like, it doesn't really make a ton of sense to me, to be totally honest with you. It makes zero sense. It would be insanity. Yeah, I, 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 don't, man, I don't disagree with you. I was trying to put it more politely than that. But no, yeah. don't not, put not, it politely. That's not Bruce Forte. No. No. <laughs> you know what? It's not you either, but when, when you make the calls, you, like, present it in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, hard for me to then slip out and go back to my, like, Drance yelling on the phone thing. Right. Um, yeah, it happens. So they trade Horvat, um, and then are, how comfortable are they with Miller as a center? Well, yeah, I think that's an interesting question. Um, my my view, anyway, is that they shouldn't be. You know, like, since they moved Miller to the wing and, and granted Miller practiced at center on Sunday, so we'll see how they line up against Calgary, but – since they moved Miller to the wing, he's actually had pretty good defense results. I know people will yell at their radio me, uh, at me for saying that. You know, they'll be like, did you not see the pass against the Wild? And it's like, yeah, that was on the power play. Uh, five on five, Miller's defensive results as a winger this season, like this season, really good. Legitimately really good. When he's at center – you know, it's it's been really unfortunate. Like the the team just hasn't been able to get out of their own end. Yeah, it's almost There's like one one going. position has more defensive responsibilities than the other. Hundred percent. It's it's like um, it's like he's a below average shortstop, but he's a great defensive left left fielder, right? Like, the, <laughs> right, I mean, right. we yeah. see this in so many sports. The requirements, <laughs> you know, the requirements. Like, what does it take to be a good defensive centerman? Well, there's not a lot of them, right? Like, it's a really hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a, a, a below average defensive center can be a high end defensive winger, right? Like the, even though the game has changed and we, uh, we ask, 
the NHL asks more of wingers defensively than it ever did 20 years ago. Um, that's still true. Like that's still true. And Miller's a solid, like solid F1. Um, you know, there's still like some puck management things on the wall, but he has the puck less uh, on the, on the wing. I think that plays less, um, you know, I, I think his his first instinct, one of the things that makes him a valuable two-way winger is his first instinct is always to maintain possession. And that's a centerman's instinct. You don't find a lot of wingers who, like, who like lead a regroup the way he does. You yeah. know, that that's just something he instinctively does, and it actually makes him really valuable as a two-way piece on the wing. He can play matchup on the wing. He can drive play on the wing. And then you put him at center, and I think he might be even modestly better offensively at least when he can get out of his own end. Like, I, I think there's elements of his playmaking uh, of the way he sees the ice that play probably better at center. But it's the two-way impact thing that falls off, right? Like, it's just, there's just nothing. I mean, look, when we saw it this season, the team just couldn't get out of their own end with Miller at center. Like, that, that, it's that simple. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't – I just don't see him as a center voice. I, I never did, to be totally honest with you, right? Like, I never yeah. bought it. I always thought he was better on the wall, and, and now we have – a lot of data and a lot of evidence showing it. I mean, I don't think you can, I don't think you take a high end piece in one position and make him a low end piece in another, you know, like Miller's a winger who's versatile enough that if you ever need it at any point, he can play 20 games for you as like an injury replacement at third line center, but it has to be down your lineup and it has to be sheltered. That's what he is in my opinion now. And, um, you know, I think it's going to be crucial that the organization face that or, or maybe, maybe they can play him as a sort of second line center in a world where they significantly rebuild their blue line and don't require as much from their forwards to do everything, right? To feed their own offense on the forecheck and also break the puck out and also never get a puck, um, you know, sent crisply to their stick while they're in stride in the neutral zone, which is basically what this team asks their forwards to do, right? Like there's a reason that only Pedersen can make it work, you know? Um, maybe maybe it would look different if there was a you know a higher level of talent and two-way IQ and transitional skill on the back end. But as it stands now, I don't think with the way this team plays that Miller can play center. Certainly can't play center in tough minutes uh, permanently. And and I'm sure I'm sure that's evident to more than just me. Hey Drancer, I know we've got all these front burner issues facing the Canucks right now. Sure. Uh, what to do with Horvat? What to do with Kuzmenko? And then you go into the off season and obviously the plan once again is to be to try and clear some cap space but for sure. me hanging over all of this is Elias Pettersson's future and the Canucks can in theory sign Pettersson to a long-term contract extension this off season yeah, so 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 how do they how do they approach this because i would imagine they want to get an idea at least of what he's thinking because if they go up to him and they're like do you want to talk contract and he's like no, then <laughs> everything changes, does it not? Yeah, it does. It does. And you worry, considering how things have gone over the last few years in Vancouver, about how much people want to play here, right? Uh, you know, um, you do. My, I mean, look, my intel always has been, like, Horvat for example, to, to bring it back to Horvat, because I think your sure. your question, the Horvat thing, the specter of Horvat, the Horvat situation hangs over this, right? That's sort of what you're driving at between the lines. Is that a fair read by me or no? Sorry, explain it one more time. 
like like what you're driving at is the specter of the Horvat situation. No, like is there not an element of like does he want to sign here? Is that is that sort oh, of what? Oh. Oh, subtext here? Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. That That's what I'm driving at. Does he want to – I mean, we've seen players like Kachuk, and I don't know if you're with the Winnipeg Jets, there's a chance you don't you want out. Like, we've seen young players totally. on bridge contracts go, hey, I actually have more leverage than maybe we've believed in the past, and if I don't <laughs> want to be here, I can get out of here. Yeah, well, and the Kachuk model looms large because that's, that's what's coming fast, right? I mean, I, I even think you could be more aggressive – than Kachuk was you know I think you're right like you could do it this offseason if you wanted to play it that aggressively um you know I don't have any intel that that's where Pedersen is leaning I want to I want to be clear about that I also want to be clear that my intel on Horvat is family is settled in Vancouver loves wearing the captain's C um you know rare player who for whom it means a lot to be a captain in a Canadian market that's completely obsessed with hockey like all of that um you know is is used to describe Horvat so um you know I don't have intel that suggests the other guy wants out I don't gotcha but but (laughs) but you could understand with how this franchise has listed over the course of the past four years, the competitive athletes. And, and I mean, what Pedersen said it during the holdout summer, right? In that interview in Sweden, right? Like, I want to be on a winning team. I want to be in an organization that wins. Um, you know, I, I mean, at some point, everything changes around you. Leadership changes around you, and then nothing actually changes. You, you, you know, I'd be frustrated. I'd be frustrated in their shoes. So we'll see. Um, this is one of the big things that accrue right like advantages accrue for winning teams that's why tampa bay gets really good players for like a million dollars sometimes in free agency right and disadvantages accrue to perennial losers and let's make no mistake about it the connects are perennial losers now right this has been a dark decade um you know you look back to the Pedersen draft and the the four worst teams in the league that year and it's like arizona who's arizona totally different situation vancouver still in that situation New Jersey and Colorado. Well, how's it gone there, right? Like, you don't, you don't want to be the team that hasn't moved up. You don't want to be the Arizona of the last six years. But that kind of feels like they're high-spending Arizona. Deep pockets Arizona. <laughs> I mean, that's bad. That's bad, boys, right? Like, yep. is that a hard sell? Yeah, it's a hard sell. Like, is it a hard sell to not have a practice facility? Yeah, it's a really hard sell. You know, is it? I mean, for sure. So we'll see where this goes, but I, I don't. I, I can't speculate about it. Like I don't. I don't have the intel on either on either player. Uh, and just to come back, I just want to quickly. So go go get it. We'll talk about it next week when you have all that intel. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. Uh, just one thing. The you know talking about why it's different of uh, the Horvat situation. Why it reads different to me. I'm just thinking about my response to the question we had off the top still shaking off cobwebs from um, from this morning. One of the reasons is, like, my understanding now in this situation is if the right deal arrives soon, the Canucks would do a deal soon, you know? Yeah. And in the, in, in the Miller situation, like, other than before two weeks before the draft, where, like, I, I did begin to sense some urgency, 
right? There was like a, a recognition that ideally this would get wrapped up one way or the other uh-huh. before the draft and the club made an aggressive offer. Like other than that, there was never a moment where it was like, you know, it, it felt really imminent and, and not that the Horvat situation does, but it could like, they're going to be patient and wait for the right return. But, you know, I, I think they would do that deal quickly if the right package arrived. And that's, and that's a sort of dynamic that I never felt in covering the Miller, you know, the lengthy months of Miller speculation last year. So for all the people texting into the show right now and going, guys, you said Miller was probably gone. You say, you know, Besser was, was out the door and both those guys are still with the team. And I expect the same thing to happen with Horvat. Look, it's, it still could in theory, but Drance is outlining the reasons right now why he thinks it's different. And if he's wrong, we'll all have some fun yelling at him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right? Well, and, and, the the better I mean the better thing is going slowly, but it's not not going that that like that situation's um, you know not not inactive. That's not a yeah, dormant right. I forgot situation. About, I forgot suddenly. about that. <laughs> and and, uh, and also uh, and also you know that one for sure also could result in him staying. Like that that one even is, even is different to me because there's no pressure point like the trade deadline looming sort of on the horizon the way there is with Horvat. I just think this deal is going to be tough to get done. I think it's trending decidedly in one direction and, and in a far more, um, a, like a far more clear manner than it ever did with, with number nine. Drance, thanks, buddy. Awesome as always. Enjoy the rest of the day. Have a good show tonight. We'll see you again uh, next – or have a good show today. We'll see – we'll do this again next Tuesday. <laughs> thanks, boys. Cheers. Bye. Thanks, Paul. Uh, Thomas Trance from the Athletic Vancouver and Canucks Talk, which you can hear right here on Sportsnet 650. Uh, we got to go to break. We're way over for time. We'll come back. We'll do what we learn. I don't know if any of us have them. That's why you got to stay tuned. No, we missed our opportunity. It's all going to be listeners. If we don't get it in in the 8 o'clock hour, that's our fault. That's what we call a spoiler. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the City News 1130 Air Patrol. Part of the show. Well, that's a talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. 834 on a Tuesday. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of the program brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. You can do so by visiting them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Before we do, uh, you want to jump in? We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Before we get to what we learn, uh, I do have to do a soccer report brought to you by CertainTeed, uh, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. We've been neglectful, dare I say remiss, in our World Cup coverage today. I thought the World Cup was over. It's not. It's actually the most important matches are still to come, including oh. one today and one tomorrow. But Canada's out and England's out, so... For the purposes of your personal enjoyment, no, the, I... the tournament is over. No, not really. I'm I'm very curious to see if Messi can get his World Cup. And frankly, I wouldn't mind seeing Modric uh, win a World Cup. Mm-hmm. And as I said yesterday, I also wouldn't mind seeing Morocco pull off... The amazing upset, one of the greatest upsets in sports history, if they can win the World Cup. So that means France is going to win. Yeah. So, yeah, I was going to say, like, all those things can all happen. Only a couple of them can happen. 
right? What do you mean? Well, you said like I, I, you want Argentina, but you also kind of want Croatia, and you also yeah. kind of want Morocco. So those things won't happen because some I, of them, because I want them to happen. Well, though. some of them, yeah, some of them won't. It's this an, is it's how it works. I think this is what no, we discovered like, is Bruff. Whatever Bruff wants, yeah. the opposite occurs. Yeah. I've identified three teams of the remaining four right. yeah. with good angles if they win the World Cup. Right? None of them will Messi, win. Messi, Modric. Yeah. Uh, Morocco, because that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. So France is going to win. Correct. I mean, the the World Cup is over. Would you have France has won specifically because of what you've done? France. Yes. Uh, do you have France a- has won, as Henri from Cheers once said. Another classic. I knew he was going to do that too. And then Fraser, right? And then Fraser, as he was wont to do, said, "Well, there's something you never hear." <laughs> it was, funny and we all that. laughed because they're cheese eating surrender monkeys. <laughs> Um, or do you have a, a vested interest on what the fi- Oh, my computer just shut down. That's a bummer. Uh, do you have a vested interest in what the final might be? Like, with every one final that would draw you in as opposed to another? Because everyone's saying right now Argentina-France is... I mean, yeah, that's a marquee, that's pr- probably right? Probably the one. Probably the one. But if Morocco can somehow get to the final by beating the defending champs, I, I think that's... I don't know. That might be the overall result that I want to see. Morocco winning this thing? I don't think they will. I think France is going to roll them. Yeah. Personally. I got real um, bad news for you here, too. Like, my computer's doing the the blue ring of death. Yeah, because your computer's from 1992. It's, a, it's an it's HP. A, it, you know, it's a tandy. They make a nice sauce. It's an HP. What do you want me to tell you? But it's done. Okay, I have no computer. Good. I, yeah. I want to throw it out the window. Why don't you get a new c- computer for Christmas? Well, that's not going to help one that doesn't. One that doesn't, like... <laughs> Like I picked this thing before up. How, how have you not put your back out by just carrying that thing around? <laughs> Did you put a piece of cheese in the disc drive? <laughs> it runs on kerosene. Yeah, the that's fact it has a disc drive. <laughs> that's not going to help. Us Floppy right disc drive, no less. Yeah, <laughs> it's like now insert uh, disc four. Every time he boots it up in the morning, it's like an old man getting out of bed. It's like again, not going to help. You can now play Carmen Sandiego. Not going to help us right now because. Got organ this trail is, on that thing? This is actually the one part of the show that relies almost exclusively <laughs> on this computer. And it is it just actually di- it's it in is, the process of dying. It is the one part of the show that only uh involves me. Um because I'm the only one that actually flags what we learn. No, that's not true. Why is anything important relying on this computer? But, <laughs> I gotta got what we learn for you guys. Well, not there's nothing important going on. You just said that this nine, thing. Yeah, but the show's it. not like important. Oh, okay. I have a what we learned for you guys that yeah. I'll steal from this listener here. And I'm, I apologize if you talked about Andy, it beforehand. We've Andy. got a we've got a process here. Okay, this soccer report was brought to you oh, yeah, by CertainTeed, yeah. the pros' <laughs> choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. I know you want to get out of here because <laughs> you always want to get out of here <laughs> by nine oh one. Let's go. Wrap this up. Uh, but why don't you do what we learn now? Well, it's the listener. It's the listener one. I'm It's unsigned. Uh, if and I'm apologies if you talked about this already. But if Horvat has moved out, oh, he says Miller or Petey becomes the next captain. But my question for you, and legitimately, is because I haven't really thought about this yet. If Horvat does get traded, I, I assume they probably won't name a captain this year. But who would be the next captain to replace Horvat? Would they go with Miller? Would they go with Pedersen? Who do you think it would realistically Pedersen. be? Pedersen. Pedersen is the, the guy the I would pick too. Yeah. yeah. But immediately, like, would they name one next year? Would it happen right away? Uh, I don't like know. Like the day, like they'll have the trade. Not call, this season. And then ten minutes later, they'll have the captaincy announcement. Yeah, not this season. Obviously, they wouldn't do it this year. I was Team Pedersen when they were originally naming the captain, so this would just be vindication. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Remember, remember how they put Luongo? They had a Hall of Fame night, and then they put Luongo in the Ring of Honor within like ten minutes of each other. Oh, I remember, remember that. Yeah, they cannot name Pedersen the captain until he's signed long term. 
That's a good point. Right? They're like, Petey, you're the new captain. He's like, I would also like to talk about moving out of Vancouver. (laughs) You might not want to do that. (laughs) Maybe don't give me the C. Um, I guess they could have like a – I don't know if a lot of teams do this anymore because you have to take the captaincy away from the guy, but like the placeholder, the temporary captain. Yeah, Yeah, the interim. Yeah, because I think Derek McKenzie had it in Florida for a while, and then they had to – Or was it Bryce Salvador? Yeah, there's always those guys. I think Craig Rave was the captain in Buffalo. They're like, well, you've been around for a while. Uh, Andrew Ferentz, Clark. Andrew Ferentz in Edmonton. He was never meant to be the long-term Chris Clark captain. In Washington. Yeah, but I remember the Derek McKenzie one specifically because they gave the captaincy then to Barkov, right? That that's how the lineage went. And then they kind of didn't announce that they were taking it away from McKenzie. They're just like, hey, look, our new captain. Who would be the Canucks version of that? Like, well, that's Luke what I'm Shen, wondering. Or- well, Shen's not signed. I like Shen, though. That's if he had idea. a couple of years on his deal, then for sure. I, I, I wouldn't hate having Shen be the guy for a little while. That'd be but, sweet. Um, but I, but he need to be signed. There need to be yeah. some stability there. Give but it to Kuzmenko. There... <laughs> Party time! Yeah. <laughs> I wear C. I don't know. I don't know. You listen know. to me now. Yeah, I don't know. Team will be <laughs> fun. <laughs> Great speech, Captain. Yeah. <laughs> Just dance music in the Is locker there, room at all times. No, but that's that's a decent question. Is there a guy that pops to mind that would be like an interim? Shen would be the interim. Yeah, he, he yeah. just need contract security. You can't give it to Miller. They're going to give him anyway. You can't give it to Miller because the power would go to his head. <laughs> and then, with the understanding that we're taking this away in like one or two years anyway, soon everyone's giving away the puck in the middle of the ice. That's right. Copy what the captain does. Okay, Mukau, um, yours because that's kind of yours. Ah. Laddie has a what we learned, and this is also a PSA because we didn't touch on this yesterday, and when the announcement came forth from the Vancouver Giants, so Laddie. Go. Well, the announcement happened after our show, actually, right. technically. Sorry. So uh, the top 40 players in the CHL were announced. Basically, the top prospects that are uh, eligible for this upcoming draft. So the 04s and the 05s, uh, the late 04s, uh, two Vancouver Giants made the team. The game is taking place at the Langley events. Well, that's what so I, the, yeah, the, give us the information on it's that. It's the hometown boys. Uh, it's on for January 25th, if okay. you still want to get tickets for it. The Kubota CHL-NHL top prospects game. Uh, but yeah, two two Vancouver Giants made it. Jaden Lipinski and Samuel Honzik will be suiting up. Uh, do, have they announced who the coaches are yet? Don't they always have like quasi celebrity coaches? I don't think they have yet. But uh, the son of the guy who played Huggy Bear is one of them. Halford and Bruff. That's what I'm angling for. <laughs> Pucks in deep, boys. <laughs> I'm ordering everyone to fight. One of these coaches <laughs> is a yeah, lot yeah. angrier than the other. Yeah. It is yeah. of note as well. If you Bruff did, just cleared the bench <laughs> in the warm-up. Connor Bedard, when they came with the Regina Pats, this is your chance to he see will him. be playing in this game. So there you go. There's your second opportunity to see him play in Langley. Okay, we're going to pull this together, and we're not going to talk over each other, no. and we're going to have a real conversation here, okay. like real professionals, all right? My computer's working again. Oh, my God. It says, please wait, so we'll have to wait. <laughs> I don't know how it turns out. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure book. Turn the stream off so I can physically assault Halford. I'm so excited. No, 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 dude on stream. (laughs) Think of the views. No, 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 this adds an element. Kevin in Maple Ridge, what we learned, the cynical part of this lifelong Canucks fan is more excited about an imminent Horvat trade than anything else in five plus years. It says even more that the same part of me expects them to find a way to sign him. There is a large contingent of Canucks fans now that just want major change. Mm-hmm. They want they want the even if they're scared about the future with Bo Horvat or scared about the future with this guy, 
They're willing to embrace that fear and charge forward into the future because they want to see some change. I'll go into the dark abyss. I'm ready to do it. By the way, Batch just texted me the celebrity coaches for the prospects game. Uh, the Twins, Smeal, and Delorme. I assume right. the Twins means the Sedins. Yes, they were there. And not the another event. set of Twins. Yeah. Right. Right? We're going to safely assume that? Mm-hmm. This is Batch's reporting, not mine. Should be okay. the Twins against you two. So did we just, lo- we just missed out on our biggest opportunity for celebrity status. We would have been good celebrity coaches. I don't know a thing about coaching. I think your laptop would be a better coach than you. My laptop's back, baby. Okay. Some said it was dead. Goal of game, Gary, what we learned. Having the top two scoring leaders on your team and being only three games above 500 has got to sting for Edmonton. Last time they had a scoring leader, there were five Stanley Cups to enjoy. Well, only four with Gretzky, though. It's true. Only four with Gretzky. 1990, um, when they won it, that was about Mark Messier. A favorite of mine. The Battle of Alberta right now is very underwhelming. Like, mm-hmm. I know we talked earlier about Calgary being a massive underachiever this year, I would say. Fifth in the division. I don't think anybody saw that coming. But Edmonton, if you look at their... Massive. Sk- they're an underachiever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Edmonton just hasn't really ever seemed to put something together in terms of like a decent win streak. seems like they always have kind of a troubling loss that you look at and you're like, they just, they can't ever get it over the top. I know what they're dealing with right now. Like mm-hmm. I know they really miss Evander Kane. I know the goaltending has kind of been erratic from Campbell's point of view. I know Skinner has been good, but, and I know that they're overplaying their blue liners. Like if you look at the nightly basis, like their top guys play so much and they don't trust Bouchard and Broberg, which is an awesome name. Bouchard, but not- Bouchard's having a nightmare. Right. So I, I, I think he had another bad mistake in the loss last night. Yeah. He's, I mean, just had, and they, they have to play him because that's kind of where they're, they're stuck now. With he's him. out there like, do you want to see a Bouch bomb? <laughs> Anybody? Do you remember that? The Bouch bomb thing? That was Mark Massage's calling card for a while. Bouch bomb. He used to say it all the time. Can uh, read another one because my computer's almost back to working. Christopher stuck in traffic. What we learned, the Canucks need to find a way to staple OEL to the back of Horvat as he leaves town. I've actually wondered if the Canucks might try and slide a bad deal out the door with Horvat. Like, yeah. You know, okay, put this in your pocket. Yeah, no, that's what I'm going well, yes. Are they going to say it exactly like that? Yeah. That's uh, an HR incident waiting to happen. A f- yeah. A f- yeah. <laughs> Fair. A few people have texted this. Horvat shows up to the dressing room, the new dressing room with, with Ekman Larson. Yeah. He's like, yeah, this is my buddy. And they're like, wait, you didn't tell him? You're part of the thing. What's in um, that big box and why does it have air holes? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> well, that's – no, but a lot of people have texted that in that if you're going to use the Horvat trade mm. to kickstart um, maybe like a prospect pool or a draft pick pool, it's like why also not try and move – a bad deal out, like really make this one trade. That'd be fun. That actually be a jumping a, you know, off point. You know what? That would be a great poll question. If we still did poll question, we could. You could do something like if you were trading Horvat, would you rather okay. include Oliver Ekman Larson on the trade, or get two first round draft picks? Interesting. Yeah, right, okay. Maybe make that tomorrow's poll. Yeah, why not? We could do a poll question. We have the technology. My computer doesn't because it's broken, but most (laughs) theoretically we have the technology. technology. Do you know what I mean? Like how much how much um, great question how much would you pay is just a better way of putting it, I guess, when you don't have to include Horvat to be rid of Ekman Larson's contract. And I well another great point. And will they go down that road? Will the Canucks go down that road? Will they use buyouts? We need to get uh, NHL general managers to answer that question because I'd be fascinated to know what they would think is the bigger price to pay. 
oh, we got to give up multiple picks or we have to bring this contract on board. So, Honestly. So, someone texted in two first-round picks and just buy out OEL. You're talking about a serious cap hit. That's, yeah. Long-term so on your books, yeah. right? You might as well just keep the player. No, I guess. It all depends on your expectations over the next few years, right? Which it always seems to come back to that question. Like, how important is next season? Yeah. But I because be- if next season's not important, then you just keep OEL and honestly <laughs> try and find a long term injury at some point. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, I mean, that's- we all turn into such terrible people when we're talking about this stuff. Well, you guys have these bad contracts, dude. It's, it's like, fault. do you think they could find like a a hip? Uh, like, does he have a bad knee? Well, you guys convinced like Horvat to leave when you interviewed him, so maybe you should get OEL on the show and convince him to retire. We didn't just be like, hey, we got to- some great retirement spots here. We- we, did, we didn't convince pamphlets? him to leave. We just got it got too real, and maybe it was a little bit too like on the nose. With you played five hundred, like no one needed to be reminded of how old they were. Do people not understand how buyouts work? Because no. there's all people like, why would you waste the Horvat asset on that when you could just buy him out? I don't think a lot you, of people understand a lot of things. Buy you just, it doesn't just go away. The cap hit doesn't go away. The cap hit is going to be considerable mm-hmm. for the Canucks. Yeah, this is like uh, when. Kramer and Seinfeld were trying to explain, like, writing it off. Yeah. I think you a lot don't of people even know what a write off yeah, is. Yeah, Danny, you know what a buyout <laughs> and is. And you do? Yeah. No, but they do. And they're yeah. the ones who are writing it off. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You can't just buy someone out and just be like, okay, well, good luck. That doesn't work like that. The remnants hang around. For I don't recall saying good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Lady Badger, what we learned, I think that Bo and JT should be the celebrity coaches in January. Whoever loses has to leave the Canucks. I like that. Uh, Bo might tank that thing. We're pulling the goalie. <laughs> yeah. Three you... seconds into the game. That's a strategy. <laughs> You're only playing with four players. I don't get it. <laughs> I do. I mean, we're laughing, but I just wonder if Bo is just at a point right now where he's just had enough. I mean, the, wor- the, the, the worm for him turned. Right? We've, all, we've all had things in life that for years and years, okay, we want this thing, we want this thing, and then we want something else. Yeah. Right? And I wonder if Horvat just – if he's just kind of like, you know what, um, I feel – slightly disrespected and if the team was good then maybe i'd i'd be able to deal with the any sense of disrespect but it's not and i kind of just i can play 600 games in the nhl 600 yeah how many players play a thousand like not many and i'm not saying bo won't because i i think he will right you know he's still he's still pretty young he's already played 600 but how many more years of prime service does Horvat have? Mm-hmm. Realistically, if you're making bets, it's not 10, right? It's probably just a few. And does he want to waste them in Vancouver? Does he feel like he's wasting them in Vancouver? That's the question that you'd have to ask for Bo Horvat, and publicly you're not going to get an honest answer. Um, I've One, my computer's back. Oh, Betsy made it through. Two, I, I have flagged what we learned. Just in time for the end of the show. Three, Aaron and Langley put a ticket emoji on a day where we're not giving away anything. But I'll read his on the Just air. in case. <laughs> this is your ticket to uh, success and celebrity. You get to be on the Halford and Bruff show. What we learned, the Philadelphia Eagles are in prime position with draft capital and cap flexibility to win back-to-back Super Bowls since Jalen Hurts' cap hit is only $1.6 million this year, $1.9 the next. It's the 2013-2014 Seattle Seahawks all over again. I, have, I, I will cop to this. I have paid virtually no attention to the Philadelphia Eagles this I year. I watched the Eagles-Giants game like the first, um, yeah. o- over the weekend out of I feel like obligation because yes. I've kind of been just yes. <laughs> I've, I've kind of been disrespecting the Eagles because I've definitely been in the camp of like 
you know, the Cowboys and, and, and the 49ers. Yeah. And then like the Eagles, to me, I just thought, well, maybe maybe they're just having one of these seasons where they're winning a bunch of close games. And But I, I think I, I, I maybe overlooked about how they put this team together and how some of the additions have, have really helped them out. And yeah. maybe Jalen Hurts is taking steps or not. Maybe he, he, he definitely is. And I do feel like I've disrespected them a little bit. I absolutely have. Yeah. I, I'm embarrassed to admit this on the radio, but I've almost put them mentally in the same category as the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, yeah. No, oh I know. I know. <laughs> you know, like, I know they're good. Mm-hmm. I don't know how good they're going to be and i'm not really all that intrigued by it but i mean they put an absolute whipping on a giants team that is in a playoff position right now like they beat the crap out of them and i mean the thing with hurts is i think um everyone knew the potential was there it's and now it's kind of being fulfilled mm-hmm. but for some reason where i mean i still when i think about i, I if i'm going to list off the top quarterbacks in the NFL, like it always goes to Allen and Mahomes first and foremost. As it should, yeah. And As then, it should. but I mean, you look at Hertz is going to be in the MVP conversation without question, right? Especially given how dominant Philly has been. I so. feel like everyone that makes the NFC playoffs will feel like they have a shot. Yeah, it is open. It is very wide open, which is funny because well, whether they do or not, I don't know because I'm still not 100 percent sure how good Philly is. And I mean, Dallas can look really good especially their defense at sometimes and then other times like last week when they had to pull out a heroic victory over the Houston Texans you're like well is this team for real and then and then San Francisco well who knows what to think with their quarterback situation yeah to go back on something um, pushback on the old uh buyout I I, I'm glad you said that because I went to the cap friendly they have a buyout calculator page and I put in Ekman Larson it would cost the Canucks 19 million to do this but it would only be an annual cost average over the remaining eight years of 2.4 million now the Canucks would have to pay the most in the 20 25 26 and 26 27 seasons it would cost them 4.7 mil mm. it's worth noting the coyotes would ha- be responsible for 12 percent of this if the canucks bought out ekman larson yeah according yeah. to cap friendly right. the coyotes would have to pay 12 percent of the buyout yeah. which is interesting but the average savings are uh, you talking no what, 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 no but like going to cap hits yeah well the, yes, what, the, the average one is 2.4 mil but it would cost the canucks the most money in the 2025 26 26 27 season it would, it would cost them 4.7 million for those I, two I, seasons so that, it would hit them hard. Yeah, I don't. I, there's all these people that are like, you should just buy it out. I mean, I, I, you can't. I guess you can. I suppose you can. But the reality of it is, is that you don't get all that valuable cap space that you would have if, in this hypothetical scenario we were talking about, you also get an owner that's like, huh? The owner would have to pay almost twenty million to do this, which is worth noting. But it would also save the Canucks in cap space over that eight years about ten million dollars. Can you imagine Rutherford going to ownership and asking to buy out Oliver Ekman-Larsen? Then he could just be like, yeah, that last guy, why'd you stick with him for so long? It's coming out of your salary. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we got to get out of here for today. It's been fun. My computer's back, baby. It's alive. So that means I can come to work tomorrow, which I'm super excited about. Uh, Thank you all for listening, and thank you all for interacting, and thank for all of your texts, even if they make no sense on the buyout front. Uh, We got to go for now. We will be back tomorrow. Signing off, I have been Mike Alford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog, and he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.